This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Good morning, Daily Thrones fans. We begin the day with some news. That's right. We love news in the Game of Thrones. It's not about season eight, though. It is about a potential spin-off or prequel or sequel series. We still don't know. The fifth writer, the fifth voice behind one of the potential spin-offs. Remember, HBO, first it was revealed they were doing four pilots, creating them, writing them, not necessarily seeing them to air. And then a fifth was added, and they're going to choose the one they want the best the most, the one that they figure will hit the biggest audience, and that will be the next Game of Thrones series. Well, the fifth one was finally revealed. George R. R. Martin had teased it a while ago in his live journal, and it is Brian Cogman. Brian Cogman has been working with Game of Thrones on HBO with Benny and Weiss since season one, starting as their assistant. He's written a lot of episodes, Kissed by Fire being perhaps the most notable. But Cogman is known for being the book guy, for being the guy that uh, they go to for the lore, the history, a lot of his episodes are very, very book-heavy and going deep into the history of Westeros. In fact, George himself saying, uh, aside from me and maybe Elio and Linda, I don't know anyone who knows and loves Westeros as well as he does referring to Cogman. So what do you think this will be? This, for me, if it's anything, could be that fire and blood Targaryen history stuff. We already know they're not doing Duncan Egg. They're not doing Robert's Rebellion. So if it's not Age of Heroes, which could be something interesting for Cogman to do, I think it's going to be something deep in history, and it could be from the Targaryen's uh, point of view, the Targaryen story, that Fire and Blood book is coming out that would prep the audience, get them excited, and I think everyone loves dragons and Targaryens, right? I think it would work. What do you think Brian Cogman is bringing, being brought in to develop? for HBO's Game of Thrones spinoff series. Which one, not do you want it to be, what do you think it is? You know the drill, call in here on Daily Thrones, and let's talk Cogman for spinoffs. Hey, Ken, I'm of the mind that if Cogman is going to do a series, I think you're right. I think it is going to be set around uh, the Targaryens. Don't you think it's possible that he might be doing a show based around the Blackfire Rebellion, or at least one of the Blackfire Rebellions, possibly the first one. Uh, I mean, I know that's, there's a lot there and there's a lot to digest with that whole scenario, but, hey, you never know. Could be a thing. I would certainly like it to be a thing, but uh, if, you, if we are right and Cogman does a Targaryen story... Why not the Blackfire Rebellion? All right, Daily Thrones fans, it's also a big day here, September 20th, because it is George R.R. Martin's birthday. So what are we doing to celebrate George's birthday? Well, we're just saying thanks, George. Thanks for creating this wonderful world that we can crawl into full of murder and intrigue and backstabbing and politics and 
and uh, rape and incest and all these wonderful things that we get to uh, crawl around the virtual fire and talk it out and enjoy and celebrate and love. Well, and thanks for my career too, George. I guess I should thank you for that. But seriously, happy birthday to the creator of it all, George R.R. Martin. I think you can send your birthday wishes here now. And let's help him celebrate out in New Mexico. I'm sure he's going to have a plate of wings and, and get right to work on that book tonight. An early night for George on his birthday because he's got a lot of writing to do. Call in with your birthday wishes here on Daily Thrones. Happy birthday, George R. R. Martin. Uh, thanks for allowing high fantasy to be treated as a serious adult subject. Uh, thank you for uh, showing us that these things can exist with a tinge of reality. And may the, the god of tea and wine provide you great merriment in your dreams this evening. Thanks again, George. Thanks for everything. Hey, Ken. I uh, haven't had the chance to call into the station lately, but I finally have the chance now. Uh, I'm a little late to the question, but um, I wanted to to answer your question about what is the biggest question uh, on the season 8. And I think definitely the three big questions are the Night King's purpose, uh, John's reaction, and how will the Night King be defeated or how can they fight the Night King? But another good question I have is, what is Cersei going to do? What is Cersei's plan? Uh, will she actually just leave everything, like don't care about anything else and just conquer Westeros by herself? And what will she do after that? I don't know, it's a little confusing. I think we can all agree she's crazy, but I think it's interesting. Uh, what will she do and what will her end be, or hopefully? Santiago checking back in with a good call. Appreciate your insight as always and your thoughts and a good question. We're talking about the big questions going into Season 8. And I think, without a doubt, one of them is, what exactly is Cersei's plan? Now, I know we know her plan from a certain point of view. She stated, Euron Greyjoy, definitely not afraid of the Whites, is heading over to Essos to get the Golden Company. 20,000 men, including elephants, coming on uh, back to the shores of Westeros to fight for Cersei, thanks to the gold taken from the uh, Tyrells, Highgarden, Iron Bank's backing. They're going to march around, but they're also going to wait. Cersei's playing a waiting game. Let the Dragon Queen, let Jon Snow... Let them all go fight the zombies, and then we'll pick up the pieces. That's her plan. We know that's her plan. My question is, is that going to work? And why does Cersei think that could work? Is it just simply hubris? Is it just her kind of being dumb again, which Cersei has been at times? Other times, she's been very smart, very conniving, very out in front of it. And very much getting over on her enemies. But a lot of times, and this is definitely more in the books, but a lot of times Cersei just outsmarts herself. That's the whole High Sparrow mess. She thought she was ahead of the game, going to put the Faith Militant back into action, take this poor beggar, no shoes and a dirty smock, put him in power, and then the High Sparrow pulled one back on her, though Cersei did win in the end. Is that what is happening here? Cersei's ego and connection to this, what we believe, 
mostly, mostly uh, I, I believe, and I think most of you believe, she is pregnant. Is she just going to put her all her energies in defending this unborn child, which is not a bad idea. That's Cersei's normal motivation. Family, children, legacy, dynasty. She's all about those things, so it, it makes sense. But what does she really think? I think she just, though she was frightened by the white in terms of she thought about her child, I don't think she really believes. I don't think she gets it. I mean, you've seen the dragons, you've heard the dragons, but she clearly doesn't care. She's not dumb enough to think they're not a threat. That's why this parlay was called. That's why Cersei said, all right, let's talk to her. Let's see what's going on. Why she played the game. But what do we think Cersei actually hopes to accomplish? I think it really is a matter of her ego, her hubris, and all of that coming together for one final fatal mistake. May, maybe that ends up with Jamie taking her life. All signs point to that. At least a lot of theories do. What do you guys think? What is going through Cersei's mind? Hey, Ken, it's David Eldred here. I wanted to respond to your concern about how Danny will react to John's heritage. Uh, while I think John's response is important, Danny's response is even more important. Um, I think it could go one of two ways. One, she could show sympathy for him and relate to him uh, in the fact that they are both dealing with horrible things that have happened based on the actions taken by his true father, Rhaegar. Um, two, she could, she could respond pretty badly. Uh, th this could affect her greatly because he is the byproduct of the actions taken by Rhaegar that led to the death of her mother, the situation that her and her brother were in. Uh, Viserys, you know, she could misdirect that blame and he could feel the heat. Let me know what you think. An A-plus phone call here on Daily Thrones from David. This is why your calls are very much valued by me. Your guys' voices and theories and opinions and speculation helps build this station here on Anchor. And David's got a great thought starter here about Daenerys' reaction to the news of who Jon Snow really is, which is what I have said is, is to me, the most important question going into next year. And we've been talking about these important questions, and I still want them in. What do you guys think is the most important question going into Season 8? There are no wrong answers. There's a lot of, of choices. But this is mine, and David touches upon it a little bit, saying it's more important how Danny reacts to this news than John. There could be different ways Danny takes it. He's right. Number one, taking aside the the sex out of it. Take take the sex angle out of it for a moment. Could Danny look at John and have sympathy for him? A uh, Targaryen on the run, a hidden Targaryen, and connect to who he is and realize, oh, that makes sense, and you have a connection to the dragons like I do, and, and we can get along, we can find common ground, let's take this kingdom together, let's take out the Night King, take out Cersei, and do it for House Targaryen, and yeah, the Starks as well. Maybe she could have a positive take on it. Or, Danny's shown this side. She's she's grown a lot, definitely from season one. But over the course of season seven, there's so some growth Danny took. Uh, she grew in saying, you know what, enough of my advisors. I'm doing what I think is right, and I'm making the decision. I'm taking a dragon in the battle. 
and I will deal with the consequences and the results. We saw that, but I, I think that's a proud moment for Danny going, enough. I am. I am who I am. I am the dragon. I'm going to do it. And also, I think John helped her grow a little bit. Um, she has learned over the past, learned through her journey through Essos, that, hey, if uh, she wants to... Uh, she wants to bully her way around sometimes. She's got the dragons behind her, the unsullied. She intimidates and she gets her way for very good reasons and good causes, without a doubt. But Danny ran into something, uh, an immovable object with Jon Snow. She couldn't just flex her muscles, fly her dragons over him. He wasn't going to remain intimidated for long if he, if he was intimidated at all by the dragons. And I think he probably was. Everyone is at first. But John has stood his ground, and John bent the knee on his own terms, and I think Danny's grown with that. But there's still some Targaryen anger in him. There, there, there's still uh, a person who believes she is on her own manifest destiny to the Iron Throne. So I could see her being troubled by the news of John, having have an issue with it, being angry by it, and as David points out, perhaps, I never really thought of this angle, which is why it's a great call from David, Connecting it to what put her in this position. Now she she knows that uh, you know Robert Baratheon and Tywin and a lot of other characters are just as much to blame as anyone else. But Robert's rebellion was started on a lie, and that lie involved Rhaegar Targaryen, her brother, running off with Lyanna Stark, giving birth to Jon Snow, and that led—not necessarily Jon Snow, but Rhaegar taking Lyanna—that led to the war. That led to the rebellion, and that put Danny on a path, a hard path. So, could she tie it to John? Could she transfer some of that frustration, some of that anger, some of the past pains put upon her to Jon Snow? It's an interesting idea. So far, it would seem not. But what happens when it's finally revealed? It goes beyond just a blockage towards the Iron Throne for Danny not just an obstacle carry some weight and it's tied to a lot of history great call david what are your guys' thoughts here what path will danny take you know the drill call into the station find me on twitter use the hashtag daily thrones favorite the station so you don't miss a broadcast here and share it too that helps a lot we'll see you guys next time on daily thrones